0: Yo, what's up, everyone? This is DJ Hamilton and welcome to another edition of the DJ Sports Show. We got a lot again to get into in this episode from Giannis and the Bucks, again eliminated by the Miami Heat. What's going on in the NFL, with NFL season about to start? I'm again to all the contract extensions that have been going on lately from Andy Reid, Deshaun Watson, to Jalen Ramsey becoming the highest paid cornerback ever. I'm again to Leo Messi and what's been going on with him. And we're gonna get into no, the Novak Djokovic. Incident and more NBA news, but buckle up and get ready for the show. So, there's been breaking news this morning that that popped out this morning. The Brooklyn Nets have hired legendary, all-time great point guard Steve Nash, two former league, two-time MVP and perennial All-Star, to a four-year deal for the sign as the head coach for the Brooklyn Nets, and. This is very controversial. I think it's a good hire, but it's also very controversial. Uh, I'm going to try to play audio clip for you guys later on what Stephen A had to say. He, he believed it's white privilege. Like, you have guys who have coaching resumes and more re- on their resumes than Steve Nash. Yes, he actually was an all-time great player, but he never coached. He was never been a coach. He was only a, a skills player, and he was a skills—he he he helped players develop their skills. He was able to go and stay warriors when Kevin Durant was there. So he helped build a relationship with Kevin Durant and he helped him work on his game and add things to his game. So that's why Kevin Durant was comfortable with Steve Nash becoming uh, the head coach of the Brooklyn Nets because they, they built a f- relationship when he was in Golden State and that's how things started over there. That's how they started building the foundation of their relationship. And then with Kyrie Irving, Kyrie Irving also signed off on it. So that, that's, that's, that's a good sign. Your two best players signing off on it. So I, I honestly, I think it's going to we'll see what happens because Steve Nash, he's never been a coach. He's never been an assistant coach. He has no experience. The only experience he has is being one of the greatest players of all time. And it's not always a smooth transition becoming one of the greats to being the head coach because Magic Johnson, he did it when he retired and he wasn't really good at it. But yeah. So in recent weeks, uh, the Nets owner, Joe Tsai and general manager, Sean Marks, they have been aggressive, aggressive in recruiting Nash to make the lead to head coaching. And that he resisted throughout his entire retirement after his transcendent playing career. So, that's gonna, I, I, yo, I can't wait to see what happens. I'm really excited. I feel like he could bring a different dynamic to the team. Maybe he could bring that seven seconds or less offense into the system. We'll see what happens. So, Nash, he's 46 years old. He has no coaching experience. He has a history of leadership and playing, playing innovation. He has, as like I said before, he has a strong relationship with Nets star Kevin Durant when he was a cons- in a consulting role with the Warriors. the, the, the that, So the Nets, they will keep Jack Vaughn as a lead assistant coach, the guy who coached in this season after Sean Marks was fired. No, Ken, after Kenny Atkinson was fired, excuse me, and making him the highest paid, paid assistant in the league. Vaughn made a strong impression on Zai and Marks after taking over for Kenny Atkinson in February, including the, during the league's restart in Orlando, Florida. He likely would have been the choice if Nash had been unconvinced of taking the job. Uh in a quote, this is a quote by uh Marks, he said uh, we are thrilled to retain Jack as a leading member of our coaching staff Jack has been an integral part of our program and a key contributor to the growth and development of our entire organization his role in developing our players both on and off the court and his influence driving our culture have been invaluable our players will benefit from the continuity of Jack's presence and we are extremely fortunate to keep him in our next family and Steve Nash, he as a, in a, he was a consultant with the Warriors, he helped them win the championship. He built the since he was there since 2015, so he was there during the championship runs when they went back to back in 2018, and 2019, and when Kevin Durant won his two Finals MVPs. And he's gonna, I feel like he's gonna help Kyrie grow his game, become more of a passer, help create for his teammates, to learn to trust your teammates more. He has one of the greatest basketball minds the league has ever seen. He wants to make the game simple and to make the game easier for you. So Kevin Durant told told the San Jose Mercury News in 2018, he tries to simplify the game and keep me conscious of those things as well. It's simplifying and keeping it as easy as for yourself. I've learned so much. So many people taught me how to play. He's continuing to teach me different things I can put in my game. I'm very grateful for him and happy for him. And even Sean Marks, the GM of the Nets, was a teammate of Nash with the Suns, and they kept a good relationship throughout the years. So that's a good thing to build off from. This is what um, Stephen A. Smith had to say about the hiring of Steve Nash as the Brooklyn Nets head coach.
1: The Nets have hired a new head coach and its Hall of Fame point guard, Steve Nash. Adrian Wojnarowski reporting this news. It's a four-year deal for Nash. Interim coach Jacques Vaughn will stay on as an assistant. Here's part of GM Sean Marks' statement. in Steve, we see a leader, communicator, and mentor who will garner the respect of our players. Stephen A., talk to me.
2: Max Kellerman, Molly... This is uh, one of the toughest, toughest uh, positions that I've ever had to take in in, in my career on first take. And here is why. I want to first state that Steve Nash has no coaching experience, but if you talk about um, an outlier, an individual that is just special on so many levels, it is Steve Nash, not just as a player, but his mentorship to some degree was Steph Curry. Uh, the brothers that he has looked out for and supported when Quentin Richardson was his, aide, or was his teammate and he took money off his plate to make sure Quentin Richardson got paid. When he had his man Stephen Jackson, his former teammate, uh, his teammate at the time, living with him and took him in and looked out for him. Uh, the respect that he has around the league, his smarts, his intelligence, his basketball IQ, Steve Nash is a sensational dude. Um, And if anybody deserves this opportunity, absent the experience that obviously he has as a coach, it is him. It happened for Steve Kerr, who had never coached on any level before, but he took over Golden State and look at the job that he's done. Steve Nash is widely respected and loved by a whole bunch of people in the NBA, black, white, and beyond. Congratulations to him. He deserves it. I get it. But this ain't about him, what I'm about to say. Ladies and gentlemen, there's no way around this. This is white privilege. This does not happen for a black man. No experience whatsoever on any level as a coach. And you get the Brooklyn Nets job. I know that Kyrie and KD have both signed off on this. I know they both support this move. But I'm thinking about a champion that is Ty Lue passed up. I'm thinking about a guy who built the foundation for the golden state warriors in Mark Jackson passed up. I'm thinking about the years that Sam Cassell has served as an assistant first in the nation's capital in DC. And now with the Los Angeles Clippers passed up and it's for a guy, my God, one of the best guys you could possibly meet in your life. And may do a fantastic job, but a guy that has no experience whatsoever in these times where we're making all of this noise about social justice. I got news for y'all, Molly and Max. I have said this to people on numerous occasions right here on this show. Yes, that was the tipping point. George Floyd's killing, his murder, you know, violence against black men who are unarmed. All of that stuff is true. But the frustration, the protest and all of these things that you've seen in the streets throughout America emanating from the black community and disenfranchised communities is that proverbial glass ceiling. And the fact that it breeds a level of frustration that we can't even put in the words Sometimes you just want to scream, want to scream to the high heavens. How the hell does this always happen for somebody else other than us? Why is it that we have to be twice as good to get half as much? Why is it that no matter what we do and how hard we work and how we go through the process and the terrain of everything, somehow, some way, there's another excuse to ignore that criteria, to ignore those credentials, and instead bypass it and make an exception to the rule for someone other than us? So I'm depressed right now because I have to bring that up. Because Steve Nash doesn't deserve it. I think Steve Nash is going to do a hell of a job in Brooklyn. I think that he's going to resonate with Kyrie and, and, and KD. And not only that, his record in terms of looking out for one brother after another. I love this brother Steve Nash. He is a beautiful person, and I'm so happy for him just on its face. But when I take into account all that it entails, and I think about the black men that were passed up in Brooklyn, in Brooklyn, New York, New York City. We got Thibodeau at Madison Square Garden, who's obviously highly respected and deserves it. And now we got Steve Nash, who has no coaching resume, but a lot of people believe in him, and they should. Yet again, we find ourselves looking at a situation as black people. You know what? Everything is egregious as it is to kill an unarmed black man, to shoot him, and things of that nature. There are a multitude of ways where black folks, particularly black men, have been sliced and diced up and thrown out to pasture. And if I'm Sam Cassell, if I'm Ty Lue, if I'm Mark Jackson and these boys, that's how I'm feeling right now when I heard the news that two superstars in Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving signed off on this man being the new head coach in Brooklyn. I'm sure he's gonna do a good job. I know Kyrie and KD ain't gonna lose. I'm just saying, damn, as time changes, things remain the same.
0: I beg to differ with Stephen A. Smith, and I disagree with him, because I believe if he had a position It should have nothing to do with race, and I don't think that was what the intention of the Nets were doing. They were trying to hire the best candidate possible for their job. And I think Steve Nash, even though he doesn't have coaching experience, I feel like he could be a great coach for the team. He's an unselfish person. He was an unselfish player, and he connects well with the two best players, which is key, because if you connect with the two best players, everybody else on the team will listen to you. And they have I believe they'll have the utmost respect for him because he was one of the greats of the game, and I feel like he has a lot to offer. Especially, they're gonna—he's—I feel like he's gonna make them pay attention to the fundamentals and key points of the game because that's what he was—a fundamentally sound player. And he didn't have freak athleticism or anything like that. He just had smarts and knowledge for the game. So I believe he's—he's he's really qualified for the job, and we'll see how he does, man. Like there are other good coaching candidates out there, such so as Tyronn Lue and Jack Vaughn, but. We'll see. We'll see what happens during the 2020-21 season. But sticking with the NBA, let's get into some of the games that have been happening recently. So the Houston Rockets, they finished out the series against the Oklahoma City Thunder in a nail-biter, man. I was watching that game seven. It shouldn't even have went to seven games, that series. And it took a block by James Harden on the last possession against Lou Dort, who was eating him for his lunch. He had 30 points, and locked him up on defense, James Harden shot horrible that that game, and they ended up winning the game, James Harden blocked the shot, jumped over the ball, so Ludor couldn't hit him with the ball to give them another possession, and he saved the series and his reputation, so that was a good sign, that game was crazy, man, OKC had no business pushing Houston to seven games, Westbrook was, he had a terrible game six, multiple turnovers, and stuff like that. And then the Denver Nuggets and Utah Jazz, that game seven was insane. Mike Conley almost hit the game winner against the Denver Nuggets. John Murray had a normal game compared to what he was having throughout that series. Jokic was doing good. Gobert was feasting, rebounding, scoring for them at a higher rate than he usually does. And And Denver came up on top by two points, came down to the last possession. That game was close throughout. The entire game. Those two game sevens, man, were crazy, man. So Denver came out victorious. They, they lost game one last night to the Clippers. I expect the Clippers to beat them in five or six. They're just they're too experienced. They're way more mature and more disciplined. I set them to do way better. And then you have the Bucks and Heat series. Where the Heat are up 2-0, surprisingly, on the Milwaukee Bucks, And they had that bogus, those bogus foul calls. Middleton. Uh, Drogic calling the foul on with Middleton. And then you had the Giannis one on Jimmy Butler. And then at Miami, they're winning the game, basically two free throws from Jimmy Butler. So a lot of these series have been dramatic and chaotic and really action packed for us fans. And I think it's only gonna continue to get better. And now the Western Conference semifinals are starting. So the drama and the chaotic plays and of every game, it's going to continue to grow and grow with each with each series in each game. And with the Bucks, the number one seed in the East, being down 0-2 to the Miami Heat, you have player, you have the media questioning whether Giannis could be that number one option on the team. People are saying he's more of a Pippen, like Richard Jefferson said. He's probably more of a Pippen than he is a Jordan. This is what the ESPN Getup crew had to say on whether Giannis can be the number one option of the team, or if, he's, if he is more of a Pippen-like player than he is a Jordan-type player.
1: It is still trending Richard Jefferson after this game and this is an entirely different conversation from the foul calls tweeted Giannis might be a Pippin." there I said it he needs his Jordan so Richard go ahead the floor is yours explain exactly what you mean when you say that
3: Now for all the people that think that I'm disrespecting whether it's Pippin or Giannis look Giannis is a monster Giannis is far better than I ever was so let me get all of this out what I am saying is that okay Maybe it. people are like, no, 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 he's Jordan and he needs, his, he needs a Pippin. Look, Jordan was the one taking the shots, making the free throws at the last minute of the game. All of the highlights, the decision making, that's what he needs, right? That's the issue right now. He's not a great free throw shooter yet. And before everyone starts going crazy, it's like LeBron James was called that also. Look, the biggest shot I've ever been a part of, LeBron James, a four-time MVP, was on the court and you know who? had the ball Kyrie Irving because that's what Kyrie Irving does. He is a late game assassin and LeBron James can make those shots. I'm not saying that that Giannis needs to be out of the game but ultimately he's not in the position yet where you can give him the ball and he can go make the free throws or make the shot or make the pass. Look at Jimmy Butler. Jimmy Butler is a late game assassin. Look at what happened when he left multiple teams. Look at where Miami is right now. Giannis is a great outstanding player, but he is not there yet. He needs someone that can be a late game assassin in order for them to win a championship. I'm not saying that this series is over. I'm not saying that they can't win it this year, but ultimately for Giannis to really get to that level, he needs a pairing that matches areas where he struggles and the areas that he struggles currently are free throws and jump shooting, which all of us know you need to win a championship, even with Shaq. I played against Shaq and Kobe in the finals. Shaq was the 44 minute man. Kobe was the last four minutes of that 48-minute game. That's what he needs. It doesn't mean that he's not an MVP. It doesn't mean that he's not going to have multiple MVPs. But right now, that's the area he's lacking. That's the area he needs the most help.
1: I am 100% buying it. I'm also enjoying the smile on D. Wood's face. He loves being a part of this conversation. (laughs) What did you think of Richard's tweet, Damian Woody?
3: I think he's right on point. I think when you look at Giannis's game, what you see is, is that these teams are just packing the paint because they they no one is afraid of Giannis scoring from the outside and he's a liability at, at the free throw line. So late in the game, yeah, I mean he you, he's predictable in what he's going to do. He's going to try to drive down, um, plow his way down, and get get to the bucket or kick it out to one of the one of the guys that's posted around the three point line. So he needs to de- continue to develop his game. Um, he's still young, so. You know, I still think he, he has room to ascend, but I do think he needs another superstar in Milwaukee.
1: What do you think, Coach Faze?
4: I agree with these guys, but I do think we're looking at it at, in the wrong lens. You know, different position. I think we got to look at Giannis more as what he is. He's a power forward. Um, you know, he needs a point guard uh, with him. If you look at the great power forwards that's played in the finals within, in recent history, the Carl Malones, the Tim Duncans, they all had a Hall of Fame point guard with them and so I do agree with Richard to some extent but I don't think that means that that player is going to be better than Giannis for their team night in night out Giannis may still be the Jordan I just think the fit needs to be something different which is a playmaking shooter that can get Giannis easy baskets and that can also do what Richard said and Take big shots late in games and things like that. See, I think well, that. And, that's and, it. And, and, Go ahead, and, Richard.
3: And, re- and really, really, really quick, really quickly, Greeny. When I say Pippin, it's a term. It's not a literal term. Like Scottie right. Pippen is a legend. He was my hero. If I was 16 years old right now, Giannis would be my hero. So it's a it's a term. It's not like there's always the the Batman and the Robin, the Jordan and the Pippin. It is a term that means he just needs that late game assassin until he's ready to become the late game assassin. See, exactly.
1: People will look at the word Pippin, and they will assume what you mean is, he needs to be the second best player on a championship team, no, and to use the example, no, 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 no. I know they, I, they're I,
3: not a second best player. Clearly,
1: but but I know that's what people—that's how people are interpreting it. Who are who are losing their minds over it? And you just pointed out in the 2016 <laughs> championship. Kyrie yeah. Irving is the one who makes the shot, but but LeBron James is the Batman on that team. He's the best player on that team, but you need someone else who can have the ball in his hands at the end of the game and create his own shot. I feel like that's yeah. what you're saying.
4: Yeah. Uh, Hey, yes, Grinny, can that I jump 100%. in too? And, and go ahead, Coach Fitz, go ahead. RJ, RJ, just something to think about this too. I think we should be talking more about Eric Bledsoe and Chris Middleton and can they rise their game up to the level of a Pippen to help Giannis become the player that he can be because right now I think that's the thing that we got to be looking at in the, in the moment to try to get them to win this series. One or both of those guys are going to have to really explode and play on a higher level.
1: That seems like a good place to go. Richard, do you yeah, believe that they can come back and win this series? And if they're going to, who has to be that guy?
3: Well, and, and look, Giannis has to continue doing everything that he's done. When when you like, like coach says. You need those other guys to step up. I'm not asking or, or criticizing Giannis for his performance. He's going to get better from the free throw line. He's going to be a better jump shooter. And I still believe that he can do it in Milwaukee. I'm not I'm not one of those people that's advocating for him to leave Milwaukee and go to a large market. Stay in Milwaukee. You have a great team. You have a great coach. You have a great fan base. I believe that they can come back, but it is going to be very, very difficult because those Miami Heat shooters and the way they are playing is elite right now.
1: Thank you for watching ESPN on YouTube. For live streaming sports and
0: premium content, subscribe to ESPN+. That's interesting that they say that because I've been watching Giannis grow as a player every single year since he came in the league, and he's taking leaps and bounds forward every season, and the last couple of years, he still has tries gotten better, but he still hasn't fully gotten to that level where he created a shot off the dribble. He doesn't have a mid-range game. He doesn't have much of a post game, so he can't really be... A number one option on your team especially in the playoffs when the defenses get tighter excuse me <clears throat> the defenses get tighter the schemes are all on you the team plays you multiple times so they have a chance to study the film more and focus on what they need to focus on and focus on the marquee players and try to shut down your strengths so that's why you see him struggling in the playoffs because he hasn't added that element to his game to help make this make the game easier for him that's why that's why they probably say. That's why they're saying he can't be a Jordan because he hasn't added that part to his game to help take him to the next level and help his team win more. And that's why they've been struggling in the playoffs the last few years because because of, of that. <clears throat> and he needs more help. He needs needs a better number two option. Middleton is not cutting it. Middleton he's a good player, but he's not a number two option. He's more of a number three option on a championship team. To me, he's not a number two. Giannis needs a better teammate we could be that number two option to take pressure off him. And I feel like he, he can be a Jordan player because he has that dynamic ability about him. And he looks like he could be that number one player. But he needs to add to his game. And he needs more help before he, he could hopefully break through and win a championship one day. Because I want to see him win a championship one day. He's one of the hardest working players the league has ever seen, in my opinion. Look how he changed his body. He came into the league skinny as hell and now he's like Hulk like he has made his body like he's Ock now like he really worked on his body in his game and he still has so much more room for growth to improve his skill set I feel like his handles can get better be able to sh- cross people over and get to his spots like I feel like his handles and jump shot and post game those are the things he needs to work on to take his game to the next next level and if he has those things he'll be the undisputed best player in the league like it won't even be close but unfortunately, the same ankle that Giannis injured in his right ankle in Game Three, he suffered again in Game Four, and then he had to sit out this past Game Five against the Miami Heat, and they ended up losing five games to the Heat. A gentleman they had a gentleman sweep in the series, so I was kind of uh, I was way wrong in my prediction of the Bucks beating the Heat in my semifinals episode where I predicted um what's it called the I tried to make I predicted my um. My picks for uh for each for each round, and I predicted the Bucks to win the six, and man, was I wrong. <laughs> but yeah, hopefully, hopefully they they Giannis he continues. He needs to work on his mid range this off season. He needs to work on his post game. He needs to really develop those two aspects of his game, get his handles more diverse and shiftier. and take his game to the next level. So him and his team could have. A better chance to win a championship and hopefully this team could get Chris Paul in a trade or something like that away from OKC because I feel like he'll take some pressure off Giannis be able to handle the ball have Giannis take his game to a new level be able to m- cut and move off the ball better and I feel like if they get Chris Paul that will be a great great add to addition to the team because uh, Chris Middleton to me he's good but he's not a second option type of guy and I feel like they need to get deeper I feel like they have a solid squad but I need to see more from them if they want to win a championship. And if Giannis is going to stay, they need to show that they're willing to put more around him. But next up, I want to get into the releasing of some of these running backs in the NFL from Adrian Peterson of the Washington football team. Kalina Fernandes getting released and then getting signed. Getting released by the Jaguars and then getting signed to by the Buccaneers. And then getting getting more on all these contract extensions going on in nfl and so on and so forth but before that we'll take a quick break
2: Your dad, because I'm your dad's
3: son. If I wasn't your dad, would I be able to do this? What, what are, are you doing? I'm doing this. Make a swish. Uh-oh.
4: Jake from State Farm. Here's the deal. There's no replacing the real Chris Paul. Not my car. Just like there's no replacing State Farm. Come
2: on, man. Stop trying
4: to be me. You want the real deal? Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there.
3: Devin, did you know Geico is now offering an extra 15% credit on car and motorcycle policies? Okay. That's 15% on top of what Geico could already save you. So what are you waiting for? DJ Khaled to be your motivational coach?
1: Yo, Devin, remember to brush in a circle motion. Thank you, DJ Khaled. Tiny circles, Devin. Do another one. Another one. Is this good? Put in that work, Devin.
3: Don't give up! Geico. Save an extra 15% when you switch by October 7th. Don't play yourself. Hit subscribe to play more great Geico videos. And don't forget to share.
0: So, yes. So, the NFL now. I want to talk about two running backs recently who've been released. Leonard Leonard Fournette of the Jaguars has been released. And then he signed a one-year deal with the Buccaneers. To join Tom Brady and Rob Gronkowski and the whole squad and how they're really rebuilding that team. And then Adrian Peterson being released by the Washington football team. First, I'm going to get into Lennon Fournette. So Lennon Fournette was recently released by the Jacksonville, Jacksonville Jaguars, the team. He was drafted fourth overall by in 2017 after coming out of LSU. And he played three seasons there. He has kind of struggled in his NFL career. He hasn't really lived up to the hype that he received coming out of college because he's never been an All-Pro or anything like that since he's entered the league yet. And he thanked his fans in a tweet that he said we've been through some up and downs but y'all have had my back through it all you have my deepest respect and appreciation showing his respect for the organization and everything the coach of the jaguars doug marone said the move was strictly based on what he had seen on the field from for net. so it had nothing to do with him as a locker room locker room person or a teammate he was a good teammate just they had they felt they have people to replace him in training camp have people who could replace his position because he had he wasn't he wasn't really separating himself from others so they felt he was replaceable so that's that's what they had to say. They did cut ups when they, they read they looked at the tapes and they said, Oh, we don't need him anymore. And I think that was kinda that was kinda messed up, but it is what it is. And then Fournette he cleared waivers and to become a free agent and he's due four point seventeen million by the franchise this uh season coming up if the team claims him. And the Jaguars they voided his guaranteed money in his contract after his suspension for fighting in 2018. So we're gonna see what happens there. But yeah, that that's what happened with Leonard Fournette. And we're now we're gonna get into. So he agreed. So after he got released, he agreed to the deal with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And they have not slowed down the Buccaneers from signing Tom Brady to Rob Gronkowski to go around with all the talent that they already had on their team. Now to get Leonard Fournette, who I think. If they, if he can stay healthy and get get his confidence back, and I think with Tom Brady, he could be an all-pro. And they and they also, nearly one month after signing six-month Pro Bowl running back LaShawn McCoy. So the Buccaneers are really stacking up their roster, man. And I think they have a chance to win it all this year if they put it all together. So his winning deal will be worth up to $3.5 million with Incentives, according to ESPN's Adam Schefter. And the Jaguars declined to pick up his fifth-year option in May, and they were unsuccessful in trying to trade him. He had his best season in twenty nineteen, last year, and for a Russian for a career best one thousand one hundred fifty two yards and catching seventy six passes for five hundred twenty two receiving yards and three total touchdowns. Yo, I, I'm the Buccaneers have really rebuilt their franchise, man. That yo, and and this year's draft team selected Keyshawn Vaughn with a third round pick and Raymond Kalais in the seventh round, so. That's, the Buccaneers team is going to be dangerous. The Buccaneers now have two running backs, Infernet and McCoy, who have combined for eight 1,000-yard rushing seasons. And the Tampa Bay has had a total of 12 rushing seasons in franchise history. So this is going to be a double whammy for them, man. They got two legit running backs who I think could really help their team and help their squad win. And the team's looking good. Training camp reports Tom Brady's doing good with the teammates. Everybody's... Loving Tom Brady, loving to play with him. So that's a good sign. we would always love to hear that. And then recently, Adrian Peterson. Adrian Peterson, who was released by the Washington football team. Uh, won the, he's one of the greatest running backs of his generation. And one of the greatest running backs of all time, period. Probably top 10 of all time. They recently released Adrian Peterson, which could signal the end of his NFL career. He's been playing for 15 years now. He, he's one of the greatest college football players of all time as well. He spent the past two years with the Washington football team, leading the team in rushing over that time with 1,940 yards and 12 touchdowns. He has rushed for 14,216 yards, trailing Barry Sanders by 1,053 yards for fourth place on the NFL's career list. Peterson rings fourth with 111 rushing touchdowns. Peterson was surprised he got released. And this is what he said. He, it comes as a surprise. I didn't feel I showed anything that would warrant being released. And Peterson, he's known around the league to be a good teammate. a good He's a great competitor. And he's always good around his teammates. That's why I was kind of shocked. And he's still productive to this day. He's taking real good care of his body. And he still wants to continue to play. He said, oh, yeah, without a doubt, I would definitely want to play. Washington, though, has a young roster and wants to grow. Washington wants to grow his roster and rebuild its team. They feel like he doesn't fit with their timeline and what they're trying to do because they're trying to rebuild this franchise from the ground up. With everything that's going on from Daniel Snyder, again, a new president operations and all that, and a radio broadcaster, they're, they're totally revamping their whole franchise and the, the look of it. And I feel like Adrian Peterson, because he's 35 years old, so he's, he doesn't fit with their timeline. They're trying to go young. They're trying to build from the ground up. They have the team has four other running backs, all twenty-seven years old or younger, all capable of helping both the running and passing games. That's why they felt it was appropriate for them to get rid of him because, like I said before, he doesn't fit with their timeline, and they want to go young. But it was still surprising considering Peterson had worked out all summer with the starters and was praised for his power runs and leadership. But the coaches wanted they wanted versatility, and and it became even more important at. The running back position, which nowadays is very important. Running backs, nowadays, you can't just run the ball. They want running backs who can catch the ball, run routes, be able to get off their defender and catch some passes to take some pressure off the wide receivers. That's why you see them. They talk about Ezekiel Elliott, Saquon Barkley, uh, Christian McCaffrey. Those are some of the top running backs in the league. Because they're able to do those things they're not just running they don't just run the ball. they're able to catch the ball and get open for wide open passes whenever the wide receivers aren't open, so they have another target threat on that team that the quarterback could throw to the team, the Washington football team they want to use a two, a lot of two running backs sets and wants the backs to be multi-threats. They drafted Antonio Gibson in the third round, who played also played wide receiver at Memphis. But we use him as a running back who can align all over in the passing game. And they also signed veteran Peyton Barber, who pleased with how he can contribute as a runner and a pass catcher. And they also signed third round, third down back, J.D. McKissick in free agency and Bryce Love, a fourth round pick in 2019, who's coming back from a knee surgery that he suffered in his last year at Stanford. So it's they have a lot of running backs on that squad. And so they don't really need Adrian Peterson. So, I feel like Adrian Peterson, though, he'll get a, a team to sign him because he's still very productive at his elderly age. And 35, 35 for any professional sport is very old. But if you make it to 35 in the NFL, man, you you are blessed. NFL is pro- probably the most physical sport in all, all of America. Like NFL and hockey, probably the most physical sport there is. If you make it to that age in the NFL, 35, you are blessed. Not a lot of guys make it that far, man. You are blessed if you make it to that age. Washington then only cut Adrian Peterson. They also cut running back Darius Geis? Juice. Obviously, it? it's like Juice but G U I C E and G E G E S, whatever you say it. He was released August 7th, but he was re- he was only released because he had domestic violence charges against him from London County, Virginia. So, it was based on his behavior. That's why he got released. And he had been accused of raping two women while he was at lsu in 2016 so uh, that's just insane and dwayne haskins he loved adrian peterson he he thought he was a good role model and a great leader for him and he set the mark for his rookie season to show him how to be professional so i thought that was good they showed love for him after he was after they found out he was released Said and Peterson said it in two back sets. He still could have played the same role he always had. It just have would have occurred with Gibson or McKissick having the ability to align in the backfield or elsewhere. And Peterson said he felt he could still be the primary back when in a one back set. But he said he sensed the change, and he said he knows his role was going to be reduced. And they, even though they were learning new things, they were guys they were selected and drafted, and they had that they had in mind and he wanted to use in certain positions. So. Sometimes you just get unfortunate, you know? Guys, even if you're an all-time great in in your respective sport, sometimes you you get old with the times and you just want to move on to younger to younger prodigies, you know? But it is what it is, man. I hope Adrian Peterson finds a team. And I feel like he can find a team because he's healthy. He's, he's been productive. It's not like he's been uh, on the bench not doing anything these past few years. So it's going to be a new chapter in his career, and we'll see where it takes him, man. So... I hope he finds a team because he's a great, he's a great man, he's a great player. Everybody, his teammates love him. He has a great reputation, and he's still very dangerous in the in the running game. And he and he could get to the red zone, man. He could help your team win. And I believe he, the team, the right team, just needs to get him, man. He's a first ballot Hall of Famer, and he needs to be treated that way. So, this is what Romo Vera said after they released uh, Peterson on Friday ahead of the final cuts adrian deserves his day this is the first ballot hall of famer to be treated any other way than that i was going to struggle with that this isn't, isn't about what he's done but about what this group of backs has shown us especially in the way the offense is headed that's what this is all about adrian is a true pro i was fortunate to watch the way he handles himself and the players around him it epitomizes who he is as a player so in Rama rivera he said it was a very difficult decision just because of what the type of person he is and how he conducts himself in a cool, professional manner. So, and he said the versatility of the players helped increase what Washington could do offensively, and they felt because of that, they didn't need Adrian Peterson anymore. So, I just hope he can play. I hope Adrian Peterson finds a team he can go to and be effective, because I think he still has another two, two to three years left in the NFL at a high level, as long as he stays healthy. And he's on his way, no matter what, to be a first battle hall of famer. So, that's, that's what I believe. I hope he finds a team because he deserves it and he's going to find it. I'm telling you right now. There's no way Adrian Peterson does not get signed within the first two weeks of the start of the NFL season. I'll be shocked if he doesn't. Because he's still, he's one of the best names out there now. He's on the market. So, teams better take advantage and go get him. But now... Let's get into Deshaun Watson. Deshaun Watson, one of the best quarterbacks in the entire NFL, had just recently signed a four-year contract worth $160 million with the Houston Texans. And the total value of the deal that was signed was $177.54 million with nearly $111 million in guarantees. So he's the second highest-paid quarterback in the entire NFL, and he, behind Patrick Mahomes, obviously, who we talked about Earlier in the summer, when he signed that 12-year deal with the Kansas City Chiefs, as the largest deal in NFL history, so Deshaun Watson will make 100. He will make 39 million dollars per year in base salary on average over the next four years, making him the highest-paid player in the NFL during that time frame. Man, that's crazy, man. I'm happy for him. He's one. He he's one of the most exciting talents that we have in the NFL, man. It's exciting to see that how we gone from the. Tom Brady, Peyton Manning, Drew Brees, Aaron Rodgers, Eli Manning, Philip Rivers' era, that era, quarterbacks and hall of famers and greats. Now we're seeing a new evolution, a new generation of star quarterbacks, especially black quarterbacks. Man, like look at all the great black quarterbacks we have in the league. Like we from Patrick Mahomes to Sean Watson, Lamar Jackson, Russell Wilson. Like the top quarterbacks are black, and that shows to the evolution of the NFL and what's been going on and how they really changed the game and how they're trying to, starting to allow these black quarterbacks to do what they can do and show what they're capable of. They're starting to integrate them into the game, and it's paying dividends. The NFL is growing, and these players are helping make the league more exciting. Look at Lamar Jackson. He could run like a running back, man. He's he's like the, the best running quarterback we've seen since Cam Newton in his prime when he was an MVP and Michael Vick in his Atlanta Haw- Falcons days. Like... Lauren Jackson and he could throw the ball too. He's always he has still has room so much room for improvement, but he's one of the most exciting, transcendent talents that NFL has right now. And he's a great, great, he could be he's a great guy to market for the NFL. And Patrick Mahomes, who has GOAT potential in most people's eyes. And my my eyes too. He already has MVP, Super Bowl, MVP, a ring, all pro. He still has so much more to grow and to add to his resume. And I feel like he'll win a couple more rings in his career. Russell Wilson, who probably started this wave of black quarterbacks, he could run the ball. He was doing this before Lamar Jackson came in the league. He was running the ball. He knows how to protect himself. He has a great durability. He knows how to take care of his body and get and to limit the amount of hits he takes. That's why he's being, been so effective still so late in his career. He's 30 years old, 32, I believe. But he's a young 32 because he didn't come into the league until he was like 24, 23. 2012, he came in the league. He was like 23, 22 when he came in. So he's a young Young in a young young age, 32-year-old. And he's still, he's a future Hall of Famer. He has a Super Bowl ring. He's been in the running for MVP for multiple years now. He helped lead the Seattle Seahawks to winning records when they had no business even being, winning as many games as they have the past couple of years. And, you know, like, that, that, this evolution is exciting, man. And I'm excited to see what guys like in the next couple of years. Joe Burrow does, what he does his rookie year. Can he join the next wave of great quarterbacks? Tua Tagalova who's a who's a great talent at Alabama uh it's been reported that Ryan Fitzpatrick will start week one they're probably doing that for precautionary reasons to protect Tua Tagalova but he's a tantalizing talent and he's very exciting to watch and I watched him at Alabama when he was a freshman I remember that game like it was yesterday he led he led the Alabama team to the victory over LSU in the national championship game man and that And from then on, his stock soared over the next couple years, but he dealt with a lot of injuries in college. That's why his stock dropped, and people were cautious of him. But if he could prove he could stay healthy, man, I feel like he'll be one of the next great quarterbacks in the league, too, man. It's this exciting amount. Like, these guys have really—like, I I always like—I never really mind watching football when I was younger, but— Growing up, like these guys that come in the league the last past couple of years have really made me like really enjoy watching from Patrick Mahomes, Lamar Jackson, like they really draw me to the screen. They're like they're they're like you wanna watch them, man. They're eye candy. Like you wanna watch them. They're must see TV. What Patrick Mahomes did in the playoffs last year wasn't like it just insane. Uh Deshaun Watson stated, As a child growing up in Georgia, it was always my dream to play in the NFL, he said on Twitter. Uh, today, I couldn't be more honored and humbled to sign a long-term deal in Houston, the city that I've grown to love so much, and now call my home. I promise to do everything I can to not only bring a championship to this great city, but also leave a legacy of helping positively impact this community. Now back to the work. He In this post, he also thanked the Texas organization coach, general manager Bill, Bill O'Brien, his mother and his family, the fans and his teammates. Past and present for believing in me and helping me grow as both a player and a person. And he will only turn 25 this September, September 14th. So, yo. And Bill O'Brien, the general manager and coach of the team, he said, I love the guy, referring to Deshaun Watson. He's an excellent football player, but he's an even better person. He cares about his teammates. He cares about being as good of a player and a teammate as he can be every single day. He tries to get better every day. He's a very smart player he's gotten better and better he's improved every single year and we obviously feel very good about and very fortunate to have him on our football team i think having that position as we all know is very important and we feel like we have an excellent player there in his first three years since he's left clemson where he also won a national championship to that he brought to that team when they defeated alabama sean watson has proven he could win but see if he can do in the NFL. In his first three seasons, he has played in 38 regular season games, completing near 67% of his passes for 9,716 yards, 71 touchdowns, and 29 interceptions. He's one of just 11 players to throw for 70 or more touchdowns in his first three seasons, according to ESPN stats and information research. Yo. And he's one of the best quarterbacks I'd be able to break down the defense and get off of guys trying to tackle him. He's one of the best at scrambling and getting away from defenders and throwing the ball, just like Patrick Mahomes and um, Lamar Jackson and Russell Wilson. His ability to scramble has also set him apart from other quarterbacks. According to ESPN Stats Information, he's one of two players in NFL history with multiple seasons, 2018 and 2019, with 25 passing touchdowns and five rushing touchdowns. Steve Young did the same in 1994 and 98 and the texans traded up to number 12 in the pick in the draft in 2017 to get the sean watson so that proved they wanted him he's not just a great football player he has he has great character that's what you want in your franchise player whether in no matter what sport you want a guy who's great on the on the field on the court or whatever but also who could be a leader of men and and then what's it called in in the seven games before he tore his acl his rookie year, he threw 19 touchdown passes, 16 of which came in his final four games. So he saw the potential there. It just needed to add a little more polish to it, and he, he has done that in his career. That's why they give to him with this contract. He enters his fourth NFL season now without the all pro wide receiver DeAndre Hawkins who was traded to the Arizona Cardinals in March. So it's going to be exciting to see what he does with the group of wide receivers he has now, now that he doesn't have a top flight wide receiver in Hopkins. They have added wide receivers Brandon Cooks. And Randall Cobbs go along with Will Fuller, the, f- the fourth, I believe, fifth, I believe, and Kenny Stills. So I'm excited to see what Deshaun Watson does this season. And they will be playing the Kansas City Chiefs on opening night on uh, Thursday, this, this Thursday coming up. So it's going to be exciting. Him versus Patrick Mahomes. Y'all, just like in the playoffs last year when they were, Patrick Mahomes, they were up 24-0 to Patrick Mahomes going into halftime. Everybody counting Patrick Mahomes out, and they came back and won. So it's going to be interesting to see if Deshaun Watson can redeem himself from that um, melt that meltdown of the team, how they see how they respond coming back. So, I'm I'm just excited to see what happens, man. Cause you know, I, I'm just I'm just enjoying like the NFL has so much great young talent, and I just hope it continues to grow. And then we have guys also quarterbacks like Trevor Lawrence coming in, and other great young talent. So it's gonna be interesting to see how it goes. And ladies and gentlemen, we're in a new generation of star quarterbacks. The evolutionary, the evolution of the quarterback position is is happening in front of our very eyes in this generation. Let's sit back and enjoy the show. Speaking of contract extensions, let's also get into the Kansas City Chief extending the Super Bowl head coach who just led them to a championship, and Andy Reid, and general manager Brett Veach. The Kansas City Chiefs moved to secure their coaching and front office future by agreeing to terms of contract extensions through 2025 with coach Andy Reid and general manager Brett Veach according to sources confirmed to ESPN Monday so the news of this pending extensions was first reported by NFL Network so Reid and Veach they they first joined the Chiefs in 2013 and Veach was starting as a scout and he was promoted to GM in 2017 the team's fortunes were changed immediately after their arrival and the Chiefs had made the playoffs in six or seven seasons with Reid and Veach the past four is AFC West Championships. And then, of course, last year, we all, and also you who do not know, they won the Super Bowl for the first time in 50 years since 1970 when they beat when they beat the um, San Francisco 49ers. Reed, who is 62 years old, has a 77 and 35 record in seven regular seasons with the Chiefs. He said he has no recent plans to retire. I think this bodes well with Patrick, for Patrick Mahomes and the whole squad because he has a certain like feel for for the for the team, the team loves his personality, they love his feel for the game, and he brings that energy for the team and I think he matches well with Patrick Mahomes, and I think that the fact that he's going to be there for the next couple of years, they extended him, the general manager who put that team together and drafted Patrick Mahomes, who really saw he he, he's, he, he yo, that general manager is a genius <laughs> and he and they extended uh what's it call Patrick Mahomes for over a decade and they sign other important parts of the team to go to keep the whole crew together. I think they're doing a great job of keeping the crew together to try to have a potential dynasty. And I really hope they get a dynasty. This could be a potential dynasty we haven't seen since probably the Patriots. We'll see if they can repeat this year. They I have I hope they can repeat. So, cuz I have them as one of my my Super Bowl favorites as long as everybody stays healthy. As long as for everybody stays healthy, I think they're my Super Bowl favorites. But yeah, he said he has no plans to retire. And Andy Reid, and I quote, is what he said. One of the great things about this job is when you look forward to coming to work and to deal with the players and coaches. I'm lucky enough to be around good players and coaches. Patrick Mahomes makes it even better. He has a unique ability with what he does with his teammates. The Honey Badger, on Matthew, was part of this too. When you have people around you that make your job enjoyable, when you enjoy your job, it doesn't feel like work to you. You want to keep doing it for as long as you possibly can. That's why I don't blame him for coming back, even though he's getting up there in age. Like when you enjoy something, you love to do it for the love of it, not for the money. You do it because you love it and you enjoy it. It doesn't feel like work for you. And when you ha- when you do something you don't like enjoying doing, you're just miserable every day. You don't want to get up and go do it. Am I right, guys? Like you don't want to get up and go do it. Like, say, for example, like me, I work at a fast food place right now. My goal is to become a sports analyst. I'm currently working on my communications degree, get my bachelor's. I don't enjoy going to work because I don't really have an interest in it. I just do it just to make money. There's a difference between working and then going to do something what you love to do and enjoy to do. And Andy Reid, he's basically stating that I love coming to work every day and I want to continue to do it for as long as I possibly can. And he, if he, as long as he stays together and this whole crew is together, I can see them winning at least two more championships. As long as they stay healthy and keep everyone together. But yeah, that's crazy, man. But Veach, forty-two, is credited with the, with an Chiefs organization as being the scout who identified Mahomes in the twenty seventeen NFL draft as a future star, and convinced Reeds and Reed and others that they should make a move up in the first round to get the quarterback. So, and look and look, look, look what has happened since then. A credit to Brad Veach, man. He's gonna go down to history for that, man. They And then earlier this year, they had less than $200 million, $200 million of room under the salary cap, but still found a way to sign Mahomes. Defensive all-pro tackle Chris Jones, great tight end Travis Kelsey, to new contracts, potentially worth more than $600 million. So, and then Chairman recently said the Chiefs intended to sign Veach. And they said, we're lucky to have Brett as part of our organization. Um, Clark Hunt said he's done an amazing job over the last three years taking a really good roster and turning to turning it into a championship roster. I think it's a roster now that's going to have a chance for multiple years to be contended for the Super Bowl. He's done an outstanding job. He works extremely low with Coach Reed. He also has a great uh, rapport report with our players. I'm just going to say reputation. So he's somebody that you want, there, want here for the long, time, long term. Now that they have everybody set in stone and signed for the foreseeable future, I see the Chiefs going to be a Super Bowl contender for years to come, as long as everybody stays healthy and they keep the crew together or we get it better. Because I want to see my homeboy get at least three to five to six Super Bowl wings in his career, man. And I hope he can get it, man. They have the talent. They have the smarts. They have the leadership on this team to do it. And I believe they will. But well, we also have another contract extension to talk about. Man, there's been a lot of contract extensions lately in the NFL, and that's Cornerback, star cornerback of the Los Angeles Rams, Jalen Ramsey, who just got the largest contract ever for a cornerback in NFL history. He signed a five year, $105 million extension. That's large, like I said before, largest contract ever for a cornerback, according to sources. Told uh, agent David Mulagetta told ESPN's Adam Schefter. So Ramsey became the first defensive back in NFL history to sign a deal worth over $100 million. And his $71.2 million at signing is the largest guarantee to a defensive back ever in NFL history. So the previous largest agreement for a cornerback was in terms of average annual value was Darrell Rivas of $18.2 million per year when he signed the six-year contract way back in 2013 when he was traded from the Jets to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And he was released the following offseason today Ramsey. He came to NFL the fifth overall pick in 2016 by the Jacksonville Jaguars. He was highly hyped. I remember hearing all the craze about him. He was a great talent, great player. He has that dog mentality. He has that dog in him. He's already been a three-time All-Pro. He's a, he's always in the running for Defensive Player of the Year. He's one of the best defensive players in the entire National Football League. And he's also with team, his teammate, who's a two-time NFL Defensive Player of the Year, Aaron Donald, who's also transcendent talent. And what's it? Any signed who signed a six year 135 million dollar extension before the 2018 season? So they have those two locked up for the foreseeable future. And their defense is set for the next decade as long as these two stay healthy, man. So Ramsey is the fourth player since 2018 whom the Rams have signed to a record breaking extension. The others being Donald, quarterback Jared Goff, and running back Todd Gurley, who they cut in March at the beginning of training camp. Ramsey is 25. He he was not worried about an extension as he prepared to enter the final season of his rookie deal, which was valued at $13.7 million. He stated, I'm trying to do my job as a football player. I'm trying to be a leader on the team. If it comes, it comes. It's going to be a surprise to me like it's going to be a surprise to you all. And it sure did. <laughs> Man, it sure did. He, do- according to his coach, Sean McVay, uh, Ramsey dominated training camp, his first with the team. I thought I had an appreciation for the way that he played and just watched him from afar, but now really getting a glimpse and with the amount of competitive work we're getting in these training camp settings, settings, he's even better than I thought. First-year defensive coordinator Brandon Staley is expected to use the lockdown cornerback in a variety of ways this season, according to ESPN. Um, Ramsey, they, they're they just, you know, he, he's a tremendous talent. They acquired him last year in that trade, where they sent their 2020 and 2021 first-round picks and a 2021 fourth-round pick to the Jacksonville Jaguars, who selected Ramsey with the fifth pick in the 2016 draft. The same year, the Rams selected Jared Goff number one overall. So that's really they have a lot of great young talent on this team. It's gonna be interesting to see if they could get over the hump in the playoffs, because they haven't gotten over that hump. They got to the Super Bowl in 2019, but they took a step back last year. And His arrival in Los Angeles marked a fresh start after a bumpy tenure that he had in Jacksonville. And he played the following, what's it called? Ramsey, he also, he played the following Thursday against Tennessee Titans, but did not practice the following Monday because of an illness. After that, week two loss at Houston. But yeah, in 60 career games, Ramsey has 10, has intercepted 10 passes, returning one for a touchdown, and has 49 pass deflections and three forced fumbles. So and he's only twenty five years old. There's still so much room for growth for him to get better, and he hit. This is a new wave, like of young talent in the NFL man, and this is a new standard he set for cornerbacks. The highest paid cornerback ever. He just he just set the bar even higher, and that shows to go like the money how the money is growing in the NFL, and the salary cap so. Kudos to Jalen Ramsey, man. And let's see what he does this season, what the Los Angeles Rams does this season with him, Aaron Donald, and Jared Goff. But the NFL also recently announced that on Election Day, which is November 3rd, Tuesday this year, and I encourage everybody who's old enough to vote to go out and vote, that they will be closing all facilities on Election Day to ensure that every member of the NFL family has the opportunity to exercise the pre-precious right to vote. The NFL and NFLPA announced Thursday in a joint statement. So in addition, NFL and Union said they will sponsor education programs in the days leading up to the election so players, staff, and their families are aware of how to register, obtain absentee ballots, and how to vote. They'll work with state officials to create polling places at the stadiums, and they'll also, with the help of teams and owners, set up meetings between elected officials at the state and local level and law enforcement leaders to discuss steps that will be taken to reduce conflict and improve relations between law enforcement and members of the community and support college education for the children of the victims who will be recognized by our players. This was stated earlier by NFL Commissioner Roger Goodell, who reiterated the league's support for players fighting for racial justice and protesting police violence, citing the police shooting of Jacob Blake, which occurred on August 23rd, in Kenosha, Wisconsin. And this season, also, NFL End Zones will be inscribed with two slogans. It takes all of us on one end line and end racism on the other. I think the NFL is doing a really good job in following... The NBA, to me, has been the leader of all of this, but the NFL, I think, is really starting to take the next steps and really becoming a big part of change and bringing light to it, bringing a bigger audience, because the NFL brings in millions of viewers, brings in so much money, and I feel like it could really have an impact. And as part of its social justice awareness initiatives, they will also allow similar visuals on helmets and caps, and the players will also be able to display the names of victims of racial injustice on their helmets. And they'll also play the Lift Every Voice and Sing song as part of the national which is traditionally known as the black national anthem which will be performed live or played before every week one nfl game and the league also announced earlier this summer that they're committing 250 million dollars over 10 years or just 25 million a year to social justice initiatives so the nfl has really done a great job in bringing light to the situation and bringing helping the players have a voice and express their opinions and i think that's what they need to do as a league to help make change and to help grow the league in general. So, big props to them. But next up, I'm going to talk about what's going on, what happened in tennis with Novak Djokovic and that incident and how the U.S. Open has been really affected by the coronavirus and wrestling again to Leo, Leo Messi's, uh, so he was supposed to leave Barcelona, but it ended up not happening and his, Contract. Before that, we'll take a quick break. So, Leo Messi, a superstar soccer player who's played in the Premier League and, uh, I don't know, what's it called, the MLS. Uh, his father denied Barcelona contract, a clause in the contract. And he Messi was going to sign his contract, but he, he ended up not not doing it. Um, so, the, they were weighing up offering Leo Messi one contract long-term contract to see him move to MLS Partner Club New York City F- FC after three years in the Premier League. And then they, they also would offer Messi the chance to become an ambassador for the City Football Group. And Messi, who's 33 years old, will have the chance to help City win the Champions League for the first time in the club's history before hanging up his boots in the United States. And the City have emerged, emerged as the favorites to sign Messi after he shot Barcelona by telling them he wants to leave. And as we all know later now, He's gonna stay with Barcelona. And Messi has been a superstar in the in the soccer world since he was a teenager. He's been a prodigy for years now, for over a decade. And even I don't watch soccer like that. and I know the name Messi. That's how legendary that man is. Messi has since taken the first step toward leaving Camp Nou, and the city are close to developments. And then, and then also. Therefore, it would be important to know if Messi can leave Barcelona for free or if City will have to negotiate a fee with the La Liga side. Um, Messi's contract runs until 2021 and includes a $700 million release clause. <clears throat> this man Messi is making almost a billion dollars. Think about that. That's insane, man. So, it's just insane. But, and he ended up staying with the Barcelona team. Uh, he yeah I think so I guess they came with a clause, to and both sides agreed to the clause to keep him in the Premier League with Barcelona. And he reported to them. He this was the last week something like that, and I guess he stayed with the team because he ended up not going. Like I don't like Messi's contract. His father. This is what this is what uh, Messi's father said. Jorge Messi, who's also the agent for for his son. He quoted that um, this compensation will not apply when the resolution of the contract by the unilateral decision of the player takes effect in the end of 2019-2020 sporting season. He added, it's obvious that the compensation of $700 million does not apply at all. And Messi's statement also comes into issue. The La Liga last Sunday, which the league sided with Barca and against Messi. La Liga said it had analyzed player's contract, which means valid with an active release cost set at $100-700 million, and then Messi's deregistration to allow his fans to not be processed, with that amount being paid. It's really crazy the amount of dollars these soccer players make, man. They make so much more money than NBA players and NFL and hockey. They make so much more. I feel like, I don't even think they have a salary cap. I, I don't know. I don't really pay attention to soccer like crazy, crazy. But yo, that's $700 million. Man, that that yo, he's making almost a billion dollars, and it's been reported that Messi has been refusing to attend training sessions with new coach Ronald Coleman. Uh, this is happening this week, and this Barca Solstice told ESPN that as his meeting was positive and constructive, and the club they were not ruling Messi just out for staying for another season, and the club believed that Messi had no doubts on achieving about their sporting project, but he's motivated for new challenges on and off the field and who wants to help this team win and try to win at the highest level and if he does move and i'm moving on from barcelona the favorites to get his services are manchester city which is a very popular soccer team and the club has been looking to the finances involved since messi spoke to coach pep guardiola with a possible deal involving a spell at city before joining new york city fc so We'll see what happens in that regard, because Messi, anybody, anybody would be lucky to get Messi, man. Him and Ronaldo, to me, are like the two most popular uh, marketed soccer players in the whole entire world. And they're some of the greatest soccer football players we've ever seen. They've been proud of these from young ages. Ronaldo is like the explosive athlete. He's like the LeBron James of soccer. And Messi's like the Steph Curry of soccer. He's not overly athletic, but he's so he has a great IQ, feel for the game can outsmart you. He just has so much more experience, and he's just smooth with it. You know what I mean? That's why I believe whoever gets him, man, will be lucky to have his services. And he still does this at a high level for many more years. And now, I'm going to talk about the U.S. Open and tennis, man. I'm just going to go off my head. What I've been witnessing, what I've been reading lately, yo, this U.S. Open isn't like any other. The Like, there's... Like, I, I've been... I I really started watching the US like no well, not US Open, the Wimbledon. I started really watching tennis summer of twenty eighteen. And yo, know, when I was watching it the last last year too, there was so much great talent, man. I was witnessing from all over the world. And then you saw Coco Golf come onto the scene, man. And it's just crazy. Like what 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 the talent we've been seeing. But now with the coronavirus, the U.S. Open, a lot of people pulled out of the tournament of the U.S. Open. Like there's so many great talents from all over the world who are missing, and even even Rafael Nadal and Roger Federer, two major names in the men's on the men's side, have opted out of the U.S. Open when it started like a week and a half ago, and it's gonna and and Novak Djokovic, we're gonna get to him in a second. But those two opted out, and then you have the women's side. A lot of other great players opted out. Serena Williams is doing her thing, arguably the greatest female athlete of all time and one of the greatest athletes of all time. What she's doing is absolutely amazing. To come back from pregnancy, get back in shape, and continue to play at a high level at her age. And she's been doing it for almost like 20 years now, over 20 years. It's just ridiculous. And Coco Golf kind of reminds me of Serena Williams a little bit. And Naomi Ahsoka has been playing well. She's been playing well, hopefully. She's she's the prohibitive favorite on the women's side to win the whole thing. And then, what's it called? But yeah, against Novak Djokovic. So yesterday, or I think two days ago, he got disqualified from the tournament because he asked, He was frustrated about his hit. He lost a set to some guy from Spain, I forgot his name, Pablo Carrara, but why not something like that? And what's it called? He lost the set and he, he hit the ball in frustration. He didn't he didn't mean to hit the lady, but he ended up hitting the lady in the throat. The ball hit her in the throat, one of the workers on the US open. And then he went over here immediately to try to make sure she's okay. And and due to the rules and the rule book, he had to get disqualified, which he did. And then he 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 uh put an apology up. And I feel I feel so bad for him, man. He's one of my favorite. Um Tennis players in the world. A lot of players. A lot of people love him, man. He he's one of the best in the game for a long time. He's a pure legend. Even the late Kobe Bryant said that was his favorite player. So, but this was his message on Instagram. He posted um that, that two days ago when it happened. He said this whole situation has left me really sad and empty. I checked on the lines person and the tournament told me that thank God she's feeling okay. I'm extremely sorry to have caused hot her such stress so unintended so wrong i'm not disclosing her name to respect her privacy as for the disqualification i need to go back within it and work on my disappointment and turn this all into a lesson for my growth and evolution as a player and human being i apologize to the u.s open tournament and everyone associated for my behavior i'm very grateful to my team and family for being my rock support and my fans for always being there with me thank you and i'm so sorry you can hear you can hear that there you can hear the sorrow in, in this guy's voice and in his statements like he really didn't mean to really hurt anybody even though he was frustrated we all get frustrated sometimes in life we always everybody we're not perfect but to hear the gratitude that this man was speaking with and that you, you could really hear the sense of sorrow and that he's deeply sorry for her is really um what's it called it's very um inspiring to apologize right away And I think that's a good sign to show that he really didn't mean it and it's the best way to, you know, move on and try to get better. Cause I think he's I believe he's gonna be at the French Open. Where I forgot, the French Open. Yeah, the French Open. I think that's the next main ranger tournament. And he's gonna what's it called? Be in that, I believe. I believe so. So time to gear up and get ready for that. And it's time to this is a this is opportunity for him to grow and learn from his mistakes Well i like to thank you guys for listening if you get to this point thank you for the continued support of the show it's been dj hamilton signing off and have a great day